Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Swizz. And together we are the BNS show for all your bullshit needs coming into the week, a little bit off the cuff. You're probably thinking, hey, we've got to wait five months for the, the Ben and the Swizz. Uh, obviously, Chris is about to have a newborn, so fuck him off for a little bit. <laughs> uh, the BNS show, so we're going to rename it, rebrand it for all your bullshit needs. Talking footy, talking trades, talking life. Talking all things that are not Optus and that fucking shamble swizz. So thank you for joining me, mate. Good to see you. Welcome to the off season. How's the finals? Oh, that's right. Richmond got knocked out the first round. We're done. Fuck off. We're done. That's it. It was a a good off season, guys. (laughs) No hesitation. No score review on that one, swizz. Freaking get fucked with a lot of you. Um, Yeah, well, (laughs) aren't the Geelong supporters happy right now? They got to dodge us and... um, yeah, the only reason they fucking won the flag and that because they got a, the easy ride against your fucking mob, mate. Oh, come on now. Come on. It's 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 easy to get flogged. But, hey, look, as far as I'm concerned, Sydney got beaten by 82. Brisbane basically came second, mate. I'm telling everyone to the bank. Brisbane pretty much <laughs> were runners-up. Um, might as well have been. Should have been. Could have been. But it was definitely Geelong's to lose. Before we do move on, though, uh, SCN Sutter 100, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, also, all the audio platforms as well. So Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. And on YouTube, please do search for us, uh, Supercoach Insider. We'll still be using all of our Supercoach stuff. So some of you will be clicking on this going, holy shit, there's a new podcast. Like, what's going on? The footy season's done. Ben and Swizz are hanging around. So what we do want to do is um, we're thinking when we can, maybe weekly if possible, get together and just talk footy, talk trades, talk life. Um, let us know if you are interested in that continuing because it is a long time between the off-season. Once January sort of kicks around, we'll definitely be getting into a whole bunch of pre-season stuff. Um, and when position changes come out, we'll be sort of hitting that up as well. So let us know if you are interested in listening to us or engaging with us on the weekly or, you know, um, maybe a bit of bi-weekly if we can you know, let it out a little bit, Swizz. Um, also need to give some shout-outs to our sponsors. So number one, splashvodka.com.au. For all of your lovely Splash Vodka needs, huge hit. I actually took some of these into work and they were literally going off like a um, on fire. I don't even know. I was going to say something on a tin roof. I don't even know the <laughs> expression, Swiz. That's cat, really cat bad. Cat That's the one. Roof, how, how non-Australian slang of me to mess <laughs> that one up. Uh, we also do need to give our shout-out as well because we haven't been much on the socials for the last month, so this has to be a really good one. Uh, support for Supercoach Insider is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in the men's below, uh, below the waist grooming. Their products are precision and tools for your family jewels. See, look, I haven't read much for a little bit, Swizz, but Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Over 6 million men worldwide trust in Manscaped with this exclusive offer, 20% off SC Insider 100. Go to manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. That is about to wrap up, ladies and gentlemen, so get in there. I need to get back on there as well. Um, because I need some more of the body wash and that sort of stuff as well. So obviously we've got the performance package. So we've got the the trimmer, the um, you know the crop duster, the nasals, all of the, all of the works there. So I actually need to get some more of the lip balm. Um, yeah, the lip balm and everything. So I've been using the body wash daily. I've been using all of those sort of products. I've got them in the shower, and um, I really need to get some more of that. And as you know me, I need to kind of get on there and get a little discount because. Um, it is good gear and it's much better than the stuff you buy at the shops and I, I, I need some more. Um, Swiss, how are you finding the relationship with Manscaped and their products? Oh, mate, love it and that. And I'm going to try to give them a, um, a bit of a contact for the cricket club. Uh, they're, they're fantastic and I, um, I think, um, yeah, highly, rec- highly recommended. If you haven't uh, got them already, definitely give them a go. Yes. 
So, and they've supported us for, I think it's about four months now straight. And um, so they sent us out a couple of different packages as well. So obviously I need to use the trimmer. Uh, as you can see, it's a bit of a holiday mode at the moment. We're letting the beard sort of hang out. And um, um, yeah, so I was going to say, I won't, I won't shave until Brisbane win at the MCG. Oh, but wait, that happened against <laughs> Melbourne. So, and how's this? You guys are giving me flack saying, oh, what's going to happen first? Essendon to win a final or Brisbane to win at the MCG. And I was like, it's going to happen this year. And people laughed at me and all of a sudden, you know, a broken clock can be right twice a day and I will take that one to the bank, Swiss. So, <laughs> uh, again, shout out to manscaped.com. Go check them out. SCN Side 100 is the code. Um, wish we recorded more in this last week, but the reports have been extremely well. And thank you for those. Support those that support us. And we'll see what sort of other promotions we can get going uh, later this year. Maybe even to the BBL. Let us know if you like the Big Bash. So, um, Swizz and I, I am newer to the Big Bash. I've only been maybe one of my two seasons in. Love cricket, yeah. but normally it was more like just Australia kind of, you know, and you watch a bit of the T20, but it's, it's like coming into when you start watching Supercoach, you're like, who are all these players? Who's the up-and-comers? Who have you heard much about? Uh, and it's really quite difficult when you sort of come in and now you kind of go, okay, well, what's the format like? How do you be aggressive? Um, Yes, I'm really looking forward to that challenge. Now, Swizz, speaking of challenges, uh, let's mate, wrap Before off. we get into challenges, actually, I know you want to bring up stuff. Can I give just a funny shout-out to a sponsor? Um, Peter, K, Peter K always uh, listens to the show. He's a, he's a big listener of us. He's actually um, come on board to sponsor our cricket club. So if you are somewhere in the southeast of Melbourne, uh, O'Brien's Real Estate, uh, they're based out of Keysborough. Um, if you go, if you're selling a house, renting a house, go down and see Peter and the team at O'Brien's and, uh, just give them a shout out Parkfield Cricket Club and, uh, Peter will help you and it will help us. So thank you so much, Peter, O'Brien's real estate guys. So appreciate it. Pete, well done. Um, Swizz, yes. full disclosure, any sponsorship mate needs to be put in email 24 hours in yeah, advance that's to, not to let happen. us know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise Pete, I'll definitely give a shout no, out. I do no, appreciate yeah. it. It's apart from like, we, we love the support and everybody, um, you know, well, I always say, you know, support us and that, but yeah, if everybody who knows me knows how much I care about, uh, local, especially cricket and especially us with our women's and girls, if you are out there and you are able to support my cricket club really would love to hear from you because um all that all those be it dollars or whatever um goes back straight into our girls and women's program and we've got pancake parlor and uh sporting globe on board so if you're eating at any of them um feel free to just put us as your club and that helps us as well so Look at Beautiful. you go. Well, How right, funny is that? Me, go, me, me, me joking like it's a formality. <laughs> needs to be right. in 24 hours and written in advance. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I'm really happy. And um, I can support I can support what Swizz is saying there because you actually put it out in the group chat and you were really stoked and really excited um, to share that news and say, hey, boys, you know, talking about the podcast and how you're really happy with, you know, that's networking. So I think it's really cool. Speaking of challenges, I've got two things we need to do, Swizz. We need to wrap it up before we move forward. Where did you finish in the Supercoach season? And I need to tell you a story about how I lost my bet with Chris. <laughs> so well, where did you finish? The last time I dropped 15 spots. So I ended up finishing outside the top 300, 305, which I'll still take. I think that's my second best finish. So might be my third or fourth, might be even my fourth now, fourth top 1,000 and third top 500. So yeah, pretty consistent up there. So I'm still pretty happy considering the season I had to start off with. I think round seven or eight I was... 13,000 or 13,500. So you yeah, came from came the clouds. From nowhere. If from on, the clouds. If only I was like you early on or Abdul early on, you know, that 50K could have uh, 
being given a shake, but our our good mate there is uh, definitely living the high life. So well, there's oh, no, no there's there's no where knocking. Is he? Is he in Bali or something? Like <laughs> swing it, doing giant swings in Bali and in the pool and you name it. So we're getting yeah, we are getting m- minute by the minute updates where he should be just enjoying his trip. So he's probably listening to the pod right now, sitting in Bali and. Having a piquet, oh, winning a collada or something like that. Should, hey, wouldn't that be nice? And you, <laughs> you talk about what the the coulda, shoulda, woulda beens. But literally, if I if I brought in Dawson instead of Bailey Dale, which I was going to do, that's an easy easy win. If I brought in Sinclair instead of worrying about his buy structure, and if I brought in Jeremy, uh, no, um, Darcy Cameron, like those three things, literally ones that I tossed and and turned on. That probably could have been the difference between me finishing that high, you know, high in that top 10. Um, now, for me, I finished 70th overall. The Heaney masterstroke, he was like 440K and came out with like six or seven tons in a row um, to the point where I think it was even the second last week. I actually ignored him because I was like, oh, look, I'll take the, you know, was it a 79 or an 80 or whatever? I'm like, just in case, because, you know, I think against Saints, he can go 60s. So I actually kind of left some points you know, on, on the bench, but. Um, yeah, I wrote it out that last week. I had a, a final to play as well. And I was like, look, I need this Heaney point of difference. I won quite a few leagues. I'm really happy with that. So 70th overall, that's my highest finish uh, ever. And uh, I think my best before that was 361st. So that's my best finish. And uh, look, I'll take that one to the bank, Swiss. So you're you're the, the master stroke. So it's I have extremely enjoyed it. The thing I enjoyed more this year wasn't about yeah, on the podcast, we spoke about how I was traveling and I generally I was quite humble because I know how quickly it can unravel. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you're top 100 and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, injury, and then you slide out to literally, you know, 1,000 or whatever overall. So um, very happy, very humbled by the community as well. And you're Abdul um, talking about all, you know, all those winners and everything as well like that as well. So trying, you know, to interact and I, I really enjoyed that this year and it wasn't a, a, a you know pissing contest or it wasn't a like oh hey you know how big's your your bits um, <laughs> it is, you but know, yeah, it, it was just, well, <laughs> yes now I know what you mean well, with, with you me and yeah. Chris for sure now speaking of Chris this is my predicament <laughs> I we were one each right so everyone knows Billings was averaging like 83 and a half he only needed to average 80 and he got injured on zero so that killed him. He went down to like a 73 average. It hurt him immensely. And then he was out for the rest of the season. So I lost that bet to Chris. Uh, I got one up early. Fremantle won. I needed six out of the first 10 games for Frio to win, five being a parlay. And Fremantle dominated like we said they would yes. all preseason that Chris hated on. <laughs> and Fremantle dominated all through the first 10 rounds. And so I was one up on that. So it all came down to um, Patrick Cripps and George Hewitt. Right, they were neck and neck. Patrick Cripps, I thought, was done for next minute. He the suspension was overturned. He was playing two more games. There was word of Hewitt maybe coming back in for that last round or whatever. He was even named, I think, at one point on the extended bench. So I was like, yeah, that would be so great. Hewitt, all he, you know, it if he scores less than Cripps, then it just increases the deficit of, and chances of me winning. Collingwood leaked so many points to the midfield. Now here's the problem: Cripps turned it over so hard, was barely near it in that first quarter, but then was best on ground. Three points, right? Now, here's the pain of my existence. Cripps needed two points, two super coach points for me to win my bet with Chris. And you know how much I love winning bets with Chris, right? And we're watching the game. We're chatting live. We're going through. Patrick Cripps does what he does. He gets a he gets the ball in the contest and goes, you know what? Instead of just putting it on the boot, getting an inside 50 and winning me my bet, he decides to do the 
oh, I'm going to palm you off. I'm going to palm you off. And then get done holding the ball with about a minute to go, minus four super coach points. The ball goes down the other end and I lose my bet. All you have to do is put on the boot. Contested ball, clearance, inside 50, I win. Instead, Chris is laughing his fucking ass off (laughs) and absolutely giggling and being like, boom, you owe me 50 bucks. And uh, that kind of broke me, Swiss. I felt very, very heartbroken. Um, And then I felt very heartbroken because I was really much on that bandwagon on free crips for Supercoach. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, there's not much in it. But I was like, free crips, free crips, free crips. And then next minute, Cripps plays and then beats Lucky Neal in the last round, which he would have come third if he didn't play. So um felt broken, Swiss, to finish. I don't know how I feel about that. Wishing Cripps would you know, play. I didn't think he was even in for a shot. When he got one vote instead of three in the first round, I was like, Cripps isn't winning. Cash out. Yeah, Everyone cash that out. That was it. And, and then he wins. Yeah. And, and knocks out my boy Lucky Neal. I just, I don't know. Yeah, well, I'd actually back Took preseason, so... I'd um, <laughs> I was sitting there. I was going to get so bloody frustrated because I had um my uh I had a three leg multi preseason. Took Miller Brownlow, which nearly happened. Nick Dacos winning the Rising Star, and I was on the wrong Carlton forward for the Coleman. So I wasn't winning anyway because I was on Harry Mackay. But I tell you what, if Took had got up, I would have been pretty frustrated because that was paying uh some nice dosh there, mate. So. Yeah, yeah, I think I was pretty close with my top sort of three to five, I think, in the brown look. I didn't have Crips winning. Laird I think I had him in the top four. Oh, Adelaide stuff. Oh, Laird. Oh, oh, oh and, Port, and Port. No, Port Adelaide as well. I, Amon. Well, I'd, uh, I'd actually left Port out because okay. I couldn't decide between Wines and Rosie. So I left them out, but I had Adelaide in everything. Like I had Ben Keys, the guy who's going to come second in Adelaide's vote count because, of course, he is. Yeah. And Who won text. Adelaide again? Text. Text oh, yeah. Yeah, it's those games where he just comes out and kicks like a bag and gets yeah. three votes. And they're like, oh, so. who can we give it to? Oh, yeah, the, the buddy, Mr. Potato Head there, we'll give him a vote. Very <laughs> funny. Um, let's move into the finals. But before we do, I'm going to crack open. I've got one here. I was actually thinking part of my, maybe next week or week after, I might even try and get some footage of my, my whiskey collection and kind of go through. I brought out a few here today. Just because we're having a nice little end of season finish, uh, I've got the. It's a wonderful. End of I was actually finished, mate. I'm ten weeks, nine weeks into EPL. I'm five weeks oh, into stuff AFLW EPL, fantasy. Mate, I gave up. I gave up on EPL. <laughs> I don't understand it. Uh, this is the Cardu 14 year olds cast strength. I was saving this, and I had some mate around for, mates around for the grand final, and I thought I'll crack it. And it's so good. It's probably one of my more expensive bottles, to be honest. Um, light in color though, but extremely, extremely, extremely delicious. Um, finals. Now we're going to get into the, the finals, but do you want to just maybe touch over, do you want to just talk about it in general, Swiss, so you don't get butthurt about the whole Brisbane Richmond thing? Cause I was at that game and it was mate, absolutely sensational. You, it was mate. There was a crack. It, it was a great game. A, it was a cracking final series. Like there's no doubt about it. what was it like? Was. Two? It two, was yeah. until the last, well, the well, first two, two weeks, two the first two weeks games of footy and like yeah. technically ruined the entire final series, mate. So um, up till then, it was, it was fantastic. Like how, if as a neutral, even in, yeah, if you're a neutral fan or even on the wrong side, like yeah, us Tiger supporters were, and in the end, Collingwood supporters were, you, you still can respect the, how good the final series was. Like the AFL just absolutely got a winner. 
Um, and the and like I can't can't believe all the talk about the ratings to do with the grand final because like it's the first time I I know in three years I've well I was going through it with the wife I think it's my second barbecue I've been to since maybe two uh, 2016 because obviously it's had all the Richmond grand finals and then being in lockdown so of course you know the um yeah it might have been in the afternoon but you would have thought every so many people were out. And then I guess you get like the odd casual fan. Yeah, maybe they didn't watch so much, but yeah, it was um yeah, it was just fantastic. You you just wanted to tune into every game because you didn't know what was going to happen. And just I think more people were out than usual. So I know they were talking about ratings were down and blah blah blah. Yeah. But as you know, I wanted to go to the Storybridge Hotel where they have a big screen in the car park mm. and it's all sanctioned off. But the issue was I had to look after baby the next day, and I'm like, I'm not going 40 minutes into town try and somehow lip my lip my ass home and then look after baby. So I end up just having people over. But um, yeah, we I know a lot of people so that we, went out. We go over to one mate's house of that. So there's however many of us usually there. Yeah. And, I think we had about eight people partners here. as well. So, yeah, does yeah. that count as one TV screen? Well, yeah, there could yeah. be 10 to 15 people watching that one TV screen. So Correct. Yeah, I think where after was, all the lockdowns, that's it's right. probably more more people actually. I, I doubt there was many people just watching it on their own, to be honest. Yeah, and then exactly. you have all your pubs and clubs and everything like where it's just a you know packed house. So I think it's probably a little bit skewed on that, especially this year. Yeah, you know, last year was in you know in uh, Western Australia, and all the restrictions, and now it's kind of like even more open. Uh, and even the government's kind of opened everything up a little bit again just recently. So, yeah. And um, you probably would slightly get it a little bit more because there'll be some people like, well, I'm not going out now. Or those who have kids who are like, well, I'm not going out. I'll just stay at home and stuff. So, yeah, you probably do get a slight boost on that. But then you're what I know it's all about the ratings and the money these days and stuff like that. But so many people like going out, the whole tradition, barbecue and that. And you get the, yeah, the, the, the few sad sops on like Twitter saying, oh, no, we need it at night. And the, those are the people who don't go out and that, you know, shout out. Like if you want to catch up with people, shout out to our forum, forum or whatever. I'm sure there'll be people out there who want to do something at a pub or whatever, but realistically just complaining because you've got, you're sitting at, at home by yourself with nothing better to do. Well, yeah, everybody else can is you, out there enjoying it. Can you imagine how bad all the players and coaches would be the day after if it was a night oh, game that that too because like i think richmond adelaide grimo and i i don't know what time we got home from the city the next day and i know like some of the boys at the cricket club they end up um getting a buddy apartment for three or four days so they've rolled in pretty dusty sunday afternoon um into the um the, uh where do we go the london tavern and then i think back on the monday as well um but yeah, could imagine it's like, okay, so the game finishes at 10, 10.30. And then, well, I don't know where the after party was this year. My but they also have to do all the, go back to Geelong, they do all the other for, stuff. Yeah, for example, Geelong went back, say, all the way to Geelong. But even like the fans, let's say, okay, we get out there sort of 11, 12 o'clock. That like, if, if I think that Richmond party, which went through to like three, four in the morning by the time you're really done, you know, that... Yeah, you're probably like an hour or two in and it hasn't even really kicked off properly yet and it's two, three in the morning. So, and what do you do also, for example, like, you know, let's say your your bub in five, six years becomes a footy fan. Like there's no way they're staying up to, you know, at 11 o'clock at night to watch their team win. Yeah, I'm pretty keen on the traditional. I mean, even 
there's so many commitments before the game, after the game for the winners as well. There's also mm. commitments and then they've got to do the day after. Yeah. Generally like Geelong, they went and actually did a thing back, you know, back there to, you know, celebrate with their career, uh, with, the, you know, the, yeah, um, the community. And if they push that back even later, I mean, Jeremy Cameron, there was footage on him on his Instagram. He's pouring beers. It must've been someone had a keg or like a fully suave kind of place or it was a really low key pub or something, but he was pouring beers at 4.40 in the morning put the metal on the cow and... out, of, out of his uh, farm. So I was, oh, yeah, because obviously, you know, those who went back there, there's no cameras or whatever. So apart from right. when they pull out their own camera, that's a good, he actually had the yeah. logo and everything on the tap, which is and awesome. that, that's, um, how good, how famous is that cow right now? <laughs> like oh, right. Fucking amazing. And then he's kicking back, he's drinking, he has that awesome footage. So I shared that pretty well straight on. It's probably one of my f- most liked tweets of the year, to be honest, because <laughs> I saw it very early on and, um, I thought it was just absolutely hilarious. And then then he's sitting there still drinking beer in front of his campfire at like seven in the morning or whatever it was. So he had an absolute bender. Then they have to go out and do the all of the you know, the day after celebrations. And then they had yeah. Mad Monday yesterday, which I thought again was hilarious. Oh, that old was man yeah, danger. You know the worst thing about this? Because as a Richmond supporter, I hate Geelong. Like we just hate them. Like the the rivalry over the last few years has been full on. But somebody tweeted today going, Melbourne won the the flag last year and you just hated them that ten percent more. Geelong won the flag and you actually like them 10% more and everything they've done since the moment of winning that grand final, there's nothing you can't not like about the cats. Maybe Tommy Stewart, but I think that was a bit of a beat out, but, but oh. we, but we, but we can kind of get into him as Richmond supporters because still we're dirty on what he did to Prestia. But outside of that, I thought the way the cats handled themselves the last few days and even the swans for that matter. Like oh, the well, way the Swans just went into hiding, they're, mate. They're such, well, on the game, but afterwards, they're such a professional out, outfit. Um, I thought they were really good. So, you know, the, the grand final wasn't so good, but, you know, you just admire how well the Cats played on that day. Can I just say, it's also nice to see Danger play a grand final and not knock someone out, Swiss. Yeah, well, it didn't get him <laughs> any so anywhere that day, did it? Dusty just then shrugged him off and... Oh, that second yeah. half. Um, the I, cat, I know the that, pie supporters, okay. they were pretty funny through the week with some of their signs. And the, um, so, oh, Papley, yeah. he went missing. Um, even, I, I even like the way they did it this year because apart from the absolute cock up of trying to do the fucking uh, parade down the Yarra River, oh. <laughs> which was awful. But but the whole idea of that, that whole day where they set up and then they had the two games at Punt Road Oval, now it's hard to do the fixture um, for the AFLW and so far in advance, but it was good that they had the Swannies there. But yeah, they had the, the game at Punt Road, then the game over at Collingwood's training ground and then back at Punt Road. So there was plenty of footy on for those who went into the city and you could see people lining the streets um, to watch the game at Punt Road. So yeah, the whole idea and the whole week leading into it's fantastic. So, you know, uh, really enjoyed it and hopefully it stays in the same slot and we get a good final series next year. I do agree. And it was probably the first week and a half was absolutely, you know, mind numbing, just so close. And then it was like Collingwood beat Fremantle a little bit easily. And then Brisbane obviously fell over. Geelong were just, their last two games were as a complete performance as you can get. And when you talk about, you know, Brisbane are a highly scoring team, apart from the fact, don't even get me started on what they did wrong that game. Just the forwards couldn't even bring it to ground to save their life. But Brisbane are a high-scoring team that generally have been around the mark for quite a while. So, the, And they played well against Melbourne. They played again well against Richmond. Geelong were just absolutely sensational, and they were flawless. So you're talking about – I put them up as a pretty good opposition. Collingwood 
definitely tested them, but I don't think Geelong played as well as they did over those last couple of games against where well, they did against Collingwood. So I think they kind of got out of the woods a little bit there. They kind of, you know, scraped across and then lifted their game. Now, I think there was a big differential in that final, like Sydney, again, a quality side, but they were just shell-shocked. The anthems there, they see it in their eyes, and there was only one person that I think could probably really hold their head high, and Chad Warner had the highest rating game of, he had all year. Talk about rising to the occasion, talking about lifting, and there's a certain caliber of person that actually lifts in big games. All of them went missing except I'll, Warner. I'll, I'll, I'll he was Fox. the best on. I had Robbie Fox ratings. in that. Because Robbie Fox, oh, but he was, was pretty good. He was good. He absolutely towed Jeremy Cameron. Uh, oh yeah, he got that cheapy off Dangerfield. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm talking about like he was the highest yeah. rated yeah, like person. He was. he was on the field. So Warner and Fox, you walk off the ground and go, "Well, we couldn't do it anymore." But they had no teammates. Oh, absolutely not. They got beaten up in the midfield. They just got absolutely smashed um, inside fifties and all of the rest of it. So um, I haven't seen Geelong, Luke Parker though, destroyed like that in a game of footy before. Well, he had his handbrake on, mate. He was just literally, he was, he stayed parked. <laughs> the old Parker. Um, that was bad. I should have done that one better. I'm a bit rusty, ladies and gentlemen. Um, can I touch on Selwood? Because, look, I really liked Selwood and I kind of faded off a little bit, the little bit of the, the flog aroma, like, you know, and yeah, the ducking Selwood. And even then at the start of the grand final, he kind of tried to be like, oh, like he didn't, he threw the ball back too hard or didn't throw it to me. And I was like, come on, mate. But um, three things. And now if you've been hiding in, or you haven't seen the publicity, because I've been on holiday, so I've been on Twitter way too much, to be fair. Um, but before the game, before the game, he carried um, Gary Ablett's little son out, right? So he he's um, obviously got some... Um, you know, health concerns and disability. He won't walk ever, apparently, something like that. So he carried him through. And to see his little face light up, man, I thought that was absolutely sensational. And then he follows that up by, after the game, giving his boots to the Oz kicker of the year. And like, oh, I told you I'd come and see you. Like, as in, I told you I'd come and see you or like we would win. And and then gives his boots up. And I was like, okay, well, you know, so he's starting to get a little tear. I was like, mate, this guy, what's he doing? And then thirdly, to get there, uh, what's his name? Sammy or something, the water... Yeah. Oh, to get yeah. him over the boundary line. And then not only did he get him over the boundary line and Jeremy Cameron gave him the <laughs> – Jeremy Cameron just kept giving everyone his bloody medal <laughs> that day. And uh, and then, you know, he was so excited for that. And then apparently he actually called some of his mom's like, hey, I've uh, I've got him. Uh, I'll take care of him. I'll make sure he gets home later. Like come hang yeah. out with the boys. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I just thought that was and, absolutely and sensational. Like he that won was three the uh, Jimmy Steins Award this year. And so Joel Selwood, the player, can, you know, what was it? Go eat a dick. He's the guy's the biggest flog in the fucking world. But Joel Selwood, the person behind the scenes, absolute gentleman in that. And I and I think it might be just, you know, like the best players do it. They they get that white line fever. They get on the ground. It's all go, 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 go. Um, and sometimes we judge them very harshly on that, especially because it, unless it's at the team we follow, um, yeah, we want to be critical of them. But then, yeah, what you don't get to see is what they do behind the scenes. And we all know there's certain players. Like, I've given the story like Lance Whitnall. I know he's copped some shit over the years and that. Um, but, like, I've seen him off the field, done some children's clinics with him. Absolute sweetheart of a bloke. And there's plenty of others out there. And I'm sure our listeners have probably have done it with different people as well. And I've got a mate, Ray, who talks very highly of Mitch Clark um, and some of the stuff he's done in regards to children and hospitals and stuff. So unfortunately, um, the media, one little bad thing 
um, they do focus on that and you forget so much of what they they do off the field, which is amazing. And oh. so all credit to Joel, because I tell you what, there's some of the stuff that you're hearing about him, it just, it does bring a tear to your eye. Um, and I just wish he played more like that so he could be more likable on the field, but no, all credit to him. Don't get me started on the media. Cause we'll remind me if we don't to go, we have to touch on, but, hmm. um, but yeah, the whole, so with the, and it's kind of like this white line fever you get super competitive. But then after the game, it's all smiles. You've done your hardest. And I think Dangerfield's very similar because he's just an absolute pit bull and he's focused and he's he's so competitive. But then outside of the game, he starts to think about other people and, and the players and the association. And I thought, you know, him in the whole grey stuff, man, I thought he you know, definitely likes to even take the piss of himself a little bit. So I thought that was really good. Um, and I'm the same sometimes. Like I'm I'm not an aggressive person. I get really competitive, even times that I shouldn't get competitive. Do you know what I mean? Like you're playing a little, uh, a game against sort of like some, you know, like you kind of let some kids win or whatever, but sometimes you kind of get a little bit competitive hmm. or you're playing touch football. And that's why I'm kind of banned from playing sports because of, I did my calf, old man calf, and there's no halfway in. Do you know what I mean? You sort of, you start like, oh, I'm just going to take it easy. And then you start to warm into it and then you get competitive and it just sort of comes out. I'll give and you even a story, when I'm, mate. We had oh, uh... The, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You hang on let me finish. Let me finish. And then even then, if I'm like coaching or something or rather, before the game, super nice. I'm like, hey, yeah, and I'm, you know, the other team, hey, best of luck, guys, blah, 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 shake their hand. Hey, good luck, coach, whatever. And then the game starts and I'm just like, kill him. Like, you know, not not quite like that, but just um, no, just get real competitive. And then yeah. after the game, I'm like, oh, hey, thanks very much, you know, and I'm, I'm done. But that window, I'm like competitive. I can't help it. Go, yeah, your story. The, the, the wife's family. Her mum and her uh, aunt, they were, they've been starting pickleball on a Monday. So because it's her holidays and I had the day off, um, we went to pickleball, which is mainly social pickleball for um, you know people over about the age of fifty and that. But we so pickleball is pretty well you think uh, bat tennis back in uh, primary school, um, okay. kind of like uh, a, a version of like tennis slash badminton, smaller court few little different minor rules so this is social social pickleball mate me when you, after when you came when you came home yeah did you ask your wife to play a bit of tickleball <laughs> not, not after the way i did mate not after the way <laughs> i played in that two-hour social session i tell you what the, jesus so the, what is it like tennis yeah it's like children? a mini version you think of a mini version of tennis like think bat tennis mate like if you've ever had that score i know we had it have it down here all, uh, like just paddles uh, like Dumb. Yeah, yeah, paddle bat. Okay, yeah, right, right. Yeah. So yeah, mate, I was chasing every ball, and and one of them, like, I lost a point. One of them, like, no, 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 it's all smiles here. Don't worry, don't get grumpy and and that. I'm like, crack those shits because I've lost the point. So I'm like, you. It mate. reminds me of um, was it Meet the Fockers and Friends? How it was like yes. friends are playing tennis, and then Monica's yeah. just like hitting everything, and Chandler's like, whoopsie, I missed it. She's like, I got it, smack. Or Meet the Fockers, a bit of volleyball in the pool, and it's just absolutely just cracked yeah. it um outstanding yeah it's it's built in some of us but at the end of the day once once you've kind of gone out of that window especially for competitive sports um yeah i think it's easy to kind of okay now don't take it seriously and now shake hands and everything so really impressed with that now i do have a story to tell you and it's speaking of your little multi whatever i'm not a huge betting person ladies and gentlemen i went out to the sporting club to watch brisbane and melbourne which the first half i thought were just done for buying three and a half liter jugs because i'm like stuff this this game's over um, and it's funny, I don't bet normally a four grand final, which I didn't even, I didn't bet this year or Melbourne cup. Generally it's kind of where I'm at. I used to do all the multis and everything. And now I'm kind of just, eh, just you know, taking a back seat. Someone's got to pay for the whiskeys. Um, 
But it's funny because I walk into this sporto and for me it's like, okay, well, you, you have your hit, there's my money and it's done. So basically I went in, I put $50 on this dog and it fell over. Because <laughs> I'm like, if it wins and that's my money, I can then have fun and play some bets or whatever. If I lose, that's me done. Now it's funny because that same night I had this mate of mine and he was talking about, oh, who's first goal scorer? Brisbane, Melbourne, blah, blah, blah. And he put money on Alex Neil Bullen and he was at 35 to 1. And he put $5 on him, right? So not heaps of money. And it's funny because Alex Neil Bullen gets a mark 40 meters out right in front. And I'm like, it's Neil Bullen. It's Neil Bullen. And then he's turning around celebrating. He's like, yeah, Neil Bullen. We look back and he's kicked it into the pocket and passed it off. And he's absolutely spewing. So the other person obviously kicked the goal. And then at, um, we just kept heckling him the whole game, like at halftime. Like, oh, hey, remember that time Neil Bullen passed it off in front of goals? Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely livid. Now, the goalie. We're going to get into this trade situation. Yeah, 30 minutes of trade. shit talk so far. Now, here's, I'm going to give you my perspective first, and then we'll get into a rounded conversation. Last night, Dugowie got shat all over hardcore on Twitter, on Facebook. Oh, you're a flog. You're, you're as if you're not going to have behavioral clauses. Oh, you didn't sign it. Bugger off. Uh, I think a 360. Grow up, Dugowie. You sign the bloody thing. Blah, 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 blah. And then today it came out pretty much saying it had written in his contract that. Collingwood can cancel his contract at any time it sees fit for them. Not even, oh, if you do something like this or if you do something, uh, you know, like if you get charged with an offense, it was pretty much like we reserve the right to cancel your contract at any time for any reason. No wonder Hmm. he didn't sign. I would not sign that either. Basically saying, okay, well, number one, you'd have to assume that it would be an even amount of money per year on that if you're going to be able to cancel at any point. but. I wouldn't sign that either. And then the AFLPA came out today, and I'm not a huge Dugowie fan. I think he's highly skilled and a little bit of a flog. Um, I keep reminding people, I think, was he the pick that Brisbane gave up for Dane Beams? I think it was I him or Moore. One oh, of the no, two. Dane I think Beams they got Dugowie and Moore. That would, oh, the original one, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. original. Not what yeah. we got back, which we should have <laughs> got back. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so as in, I, I think, you know I mean? Maybe he needs a good role model. Put him in a room with Wayne Carey or something. Um, just, you know, it, it's, uh, I think if you do something really bad, then is, that's it done I'm anyway. And I can understand. What's he doing these days? Does he want to get spot now that Chris isn't on the show? Oh, geez. No, he's probably lined up somewhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I can understand Collingwood trying to have some kind of behavioral clause, but the wording in there, and it's so hard because you'd have to write literally a list of specific scenarios in order to be able to cancel a contract based on this. Now, what they've done is they've tried to have it so vague and open that pretty much if they decide, they can cancel, which I don't think works. So I'm not surprised there, but I just really, that's where the media really shits on. Even the whole, which is another thing, the whole Fagan and Clarkson thing, um, uh, it's horrible if any of it is proven true, which is probably going to be a difficult part because they probably need those parties and get some witnesses and all of the rest of it. But in general, it's horrible. Like we're talking about 20 years ago, 15 years ago, the world was probably at behind on where it should be. Um, you look at now as far as, you know, the um, AFLW coming through, the uh, Indigenous perspectives, and you're talking about, you know, the um, the rights of the land and actually going through and talking about the, you know, with mine, the um you know, Kwandamuka people, blah, blah, blah. Like you kind of go through and it's now taught and educated from a low level 
right? And things are starting to change. And it's great that they can reflect back and look at mistreatment. So um, I'm kind of, it sucks. I don't like it. It's horrible for any of it proven. And you obviously, I think the AFL has done a fairly good job as far as saying, okay, let's take care of the people first. And then they have an investigation. So I'm kind of waiting to see what the investigation comes out as because they've named three people. I'm not sure all of them are going to go down. I think it'll probably be someone. Now, the thing that kind of worries me is that generally the head honcho doesn't pull the strings. Well, they pull the strings, but they don't necessarily execute. So my concern is that maybe Clarkson's probably going to kind of get through and be a little bit of a, oh, like someone else did this. And I think it'll be those probably running underneath him the development sport, you know, was it the development officer who probably did with all of the relations and cutting off the partners, which is horrible, uh, will probably get done. And then even then, if, if there's any truth in the whole Fagan thing, being underneath him, probably doing stuff that maybe Fagan wanted, but um, it's going to be really interesting. And I kind of hold judgment as to until the report comes out and until the judgments are made. And I'd be, I'm extremely eager to find out um, where it sits. Yeah, the, the hard I'm not thing, sure who to be angry at, to well, be honest. The, like, hard, as in, the hard thing is, because unless you're there, you you don't know. And we've heard different players be linked in that. Um, so that makes it difficult. And obviously, you know, you, you could be talking 10, 15 years ago, which then people's recollections of different situations then aren't as clear as they were. were. And then where do you draw the line? Because there's rumours that other current senior coaches were in senior roles at the time at the club so the fact that the whole well yeah you were there you had knowledge of it but you didn't act is that enough for a sackable offense compared to those who actually were involved and the ones you know well Hawthorne produced a lot of coaches so yeah so then you've got this whole issue then of an industry where you've and it and I'm not trying to justify because if if it's found that these people have done whatever and that yeah okay there there needs to be consequences there, but from a then from a footy perspective and yeah you from that memberships and and everything like that but there's players right now who are looking at you know being traded to different clubs on the basis of you know working with certain coaches or working with certain clubs and if it is you know North Melbourne and uh, Hawthorne and Brisbane and there's rumours of possibly other clubs affected by this how much do you then go after all that while well, we're going to open up you know the trade period again or ha- let players who you know may have been affected because of what's the outcome of this investigation more freedom because yeah some are making their life decisions now um for the future nah, I think there's I don't and, think and there's any, that's where, any room and this to is move. where it's going to get difficult because yeah, there are like we know those players that are joining North Melbourne to go join Clarkson. Now I'm not as again, if he is guilty of every any of this and that, yeah, surely deserves the ramifications that are coming his way. But it's a tough one right now because as I said, players are making decisions and sponsors and all that for the future based on these appointments that have been made. So and then you've got the other situation where you've got like an Essendon who hasn't what we believe hasn't officially, um, you know, um, picked their coach, but we're all, all rumours is Brad Scott. Um, still Uze and Hurd's name get lingered around. But 
if these other jobs become available, um, you know, is for Brad Scott or, um, you know, an Adam Uze, is the potential of coaching Brisbane, for example, much more appealing than coaching Essendon? And do they sit there and have to think about what could be potential outcomes? Um, so there's a lot, you know, of sort of pieces to play out in this. And it's not a good situation for everyone. It's like obviously the worst situations are players that are affected back five, ten years ago and their families. But yeah, there's a lot of other people who are going to be highly affected out of this. And when I heard the other day when people were talking about, well, this is going to be bigger than the Essendon drug scandal, well, yeah, it is because it's going to have a wider reach of other clubs now. If it was just, if it came out, if this all happened this year and it just came out of Hawthorne now, then yeah, it's probably on the same level, maybe not as big, whatever, because um, it's only affecting one club and it's as bad as it is. But now that it's affecting the, like pretty well the whole competition, and then you'll be finding other clubs now, like the Do Better Report at Collingwood, they'll be going through their own um, reports and investigations to make sure none of this sort of comes up. Um, and just so, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of eggshells and a lot of, you know, clubs on eggshells. And and um, I think it's not going to be, it's just probably the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I wasn't expecting Bragg Scott to kind of put his name in the ring for Essendon. And I kind of wonder whether it's incentivized as in, He's putting his name in late for Essendon, not particularly to get Essendon because, as you know, a lot of the other coaches are already far down the process, but to kind of tell Hawthorne, Brisbane, anyone else, like, hey, I'm actually interested in coming back and coaching, which means that as soon as, you know, if things open up, then pretty much he should be at the forefront of talks. Mm. Uh, and wasn't Uze also at Hawthorne at the time? He so was. I think it's going to be. So that's, yeah, that's so there's the another room, one. There's the rumor where have the Bombers cooled a little bit on Uze because we don't know. Like he might have absolutely nothing to do with this, but what happens if it is? Like there's just, there's just speculation at the moment. Um, and we can go, we, we went through a list of assistant coaches that had worked under Clarkson who are now official coaches or senior assistant coaches at different clubs. And the, there was a reason why they were successful because they have, they had some very good assistant coaches and now these people in, you know, very high up roles at current clubs, how much does, um, you know, what they saw, what they know come out and how long does this investigation take? Like, it's not going to take a week. Like we could be into next season before. No, I think they're trying to kind of wrap it up. But again, it's hard, you know, trying to do it over a four to six week sort of period before probably draft day. But, Mm. um, and some people have re-signed contracts, I think, on the the premise that Clarkson's been there. And I think it's going to be the difficult part, you know, with the trying to chase down like who actually made these comments. And then there are also some, apparently, uh, some people leaked some stuff to the ABC, which might not have even been in the report or their version of things. Mm. So it does sound very complicated. I do not and, and that's like it. Poor, poor Gills just got through COVID and now he's, <laughs> now he can't even, he can't even leave with some dignity. He's got to try and wrap this up and he can't actually leave until he doesn't want to leave the CEO position until but it's been wrapped up. Gill started with a scandal, ends with a scandal. And here oh, he did he really start with that? Well, he started with the drug scandal. Oh, mate, he's had, that's, I know people, shit on CEOs, but I think, and I know they're like, oh, you know, going for the broadcast rights and, and focus on money and not on Saturday footy or whatever it is. Right. But considering that with all the COVID and the amount that we're losing and trying to navigate through with no crowds and trying to keep it there and Tasmania, uh, I can't think of a more proactive 
a successful CEO? Like, as in, I'm not exactly a huge Gil fan, but yeah, he's very, my, but he's very like, personable. Again, it's like the whole Selwood thing. Like, like, but you know what you're getting. Yeah. Commend him for all the good things he's done in the game, for sure. Because there, there's a lot that's very positive. Yeah, and I guess there's definitely a lot of room to move there. Um, trades, mate. Speaking. Trades and that. There, there's yes. a lot of discussion around this. And we're, I know. We I heard, I heard Port a little bit. Today I listened to a little bit. Port Adelaide are hoping for a first-round pick for Amon. Um, the, the, the interesting one, because they were comparing McStay's potential yes. contract to Scotty Lysett. To Lysett, yeah. Yes. And Look at you getting red today. Yeah, mate. Well, Scotty, uh, they, they ended up getting a f- um, end of first-round pick for that. And if that, now, how much does now the salary cap being more than it was back then affect that? Like, yeah, is there a like-to-like comparison there? Um, but if Amon's going to get, you know, whatever it is, five years over, I'm gathering it's going to be over 600000 um, and with his age and that, well, Porter probably in their right to think they're going to get it into first-round pick because that seems to always usually be about the, the terms, like, you know, mid-20s, five years, 600, 700. Um, yeah, so they might actually get that. Then again, if McStay and Amon get that, some of those, that's already two second rounds getting bumped back. You add in Will Ashcroft and then Jasper Fletcher. That's now, so if you're, if you're sitting there with pick, say 22, that's all of a sudden becoming pick 26. Um, yeah, so all these sort of things come into play. And yeah, there's like a ton of players that, and some big names that have been just mentioned and bantered around. So obviously, there's not as many free free agents this year. Like Amon and Massey seem to be the two main ones. But you just look like you know Josh Dunkley, Degoe, um, who else? We got? Brad Tom, Hill even is probably Tom, looking. Tom Mitchell, like you know, we got Brownlow Middle, Brownlow Middleist, who uh, yeah, their names have been thrown out, and not even just thrown up there, but look like they're moving, you know, Jackson, Grundy. Um, so Cun- uh, Cunningham as well, I think, is also a free agent. I yeah. Think. That. So so the, also... but, the, but the free agents compared, I think Jake Lloyd actually may be still one of the biggest free agents still not signed up as a contract. But really, most of the free agents are outside of them, yeah. like the outside the lesser names, but it's the other names that are getting thrown out. But, you know, I believe Jake Lloyd hasn't come to terms yet, which is well, interesting. Campbell easily can replace him. Yeah. So, you know, as in Lloyd is exceptional, but, you know, the Seagull getting older and all the rest of it, they have the depth. I mean, they've got um, – who's the guy that never gets a game that should get a game? Uh, Will Gould. Will Gould. There you go. So you got Will Gould. You've got Campbell, who was the sub in the, in the final. He's a defender. So I think they've definitely got this depth. And plus, once you've – I think Campbell, what's his third year? Was it this year, third year, yeah, next year? Yeah, I think year? it is. Yeah, you, the pay goes up. Yep. And they have to start paying them more. So you can't just kind of hold yep. on to these people and keep paying them more. So I think usually the first two years you pay them quite small. Then they start to renegotiate a contract. And then from there, their price goes up, which kind of ties into probably the biggest perplexing issue with this whole draft period is bows. Like well, I don't understand because when, when, when Gold Coast said they're willing to put pick seven on the table, I thought they meant, hey, if you want bows, we'll give you pick seven and we'll take like pick four. Or we'll get something back in mm. return. But no, no, apparently they're just giving away pick seven like, to get him off their list the, and free up the, the cash. The biggest issue there, all they had to say is, yeah, we'll bows and we'll work something out. Because there would have been clubs going, well, you know what? I wouldn't mind chasing him anyway. Like 
here we go. Yeah. We'll give you like pick 40 in return. No problems. The moment they link pick seven, the issue is now all the Adelaide um, supporters are coming out going, well, you can't ask back for pick five for Rankin. And the and Gold Coast are like, well, we want to keep him. It's like, well, A, he's out of contract. Yeah, they've still got leverage because, you know, Adelaide's yeah. got fourth or But if they're giving in. away pick seven no, for but nothing. But if you're giving up pick seven for nothing, how can you ask for our pick five? Well, here's funny you speak of that because I'm saying Adelaide should bloody go and take bows. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? So listen to me because Shoal apparently was already kind of maybe on the fringe on getting out anyway. He's a winger. I know Bose isn't exactly a winger, but they can definitely shift some cards there. You got Matt Crouch as well. See you later. Get out of the side. So you got Shoal and Matt Crouch. Get out. Bose comes in, right? Now they get they get foot they give up pick five. They get Rankin. They get Bose, and they get pick seven in return. So they slide. Oh no, yeah, from pick five. So they slide two places and get two players. Like that's the biggest steal I think I've ever heard in my life. And if you're not paying Matt Crouch, and you're not playing Shoal's pay rise, you've definitely got money to make it happen. And this is the hottest contention, uh, the hottest issue, or the hottest property, because Brisbane's come out today saying, well, they're looking at Bose because it can help them get obviously Dunkley and Ashcroft. Mm-hmm. Now you look at Zorko signed a one-year contract, probably on pretty pretty minimal money, you'd imagine. Rich from 2024 probably not getting as much anyway. So if they go, okay, well, if your contract's back ended, then sure, we could probably try and maybe work that out. Um, Rich is getting old. You've got a few of these other guys that are sort of have been taking up a bit of the money, probably getting a little bit less. Maybe Danaher, maybe he'll get a little bit less then, or he'll be, you know, renegotiate or whatever. But Brisbane, I think, have come today saying like they're interested because of the capital it gives them and they need capital. So instead of, and this is a funny part about trade period because I love it, but I hate it. It's like trashy TV. It's like, <laughs> it is. It's like, um, what's that? Married, married at first sight or something or other, yeah. right? Because it's, just, it's trash TV sometimes because everyone's like, oh, trade. Um, you need to trade Rainer. You you need you need points. You need that. points. You need points. And oh, I used to be a coach of Adelaide, so I know what I'm talking about. No, you weren't a list manager. Shut the fuck up, right? Oh, we trade trade Rankin and I oh, know so trade um Rainer and this that, and the other because you need points. I'm like, okay, yes, you can't have it all, but what Collingwood did basically to try and get up enough points anyway because they were worried that Dacos would get picked number one is there's a whole bunch of two-for-ones in there where you give up a second round for multiple thirds. You give up a third for multiple fours. You give up a fourth for multiple fifths. And you just keep going, 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 going until you get more points. Now, I think Gold Coast have three second-round picks, two or three. Collingwood have three or four third-round picks. Flip, 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 like a garage Mm. out. Flip, 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 flip. Give up a a future first round. Um, And the thing I hate about trade period, and this is the trash TV comes in, Everyone's a list manager now. Yeah, they are. It's, it's worse than the averages of – it's the worst than the 2023 averages for Supercoach. Mm-hmm. Oh, this person's going up. Oh, you're shit. Oh, no, this, that, and the other. Everyone's just so objectified on, oh, no, I'm right. This person's going to kill it. This um, Everyone's going up in average. No one's yeah. going down. Yeah. You never hear of like, oh, this person's going to tank. Everyone's going up in average. Everyone knows what people are worth. Everyone has this great idea. Oh, Henry – no, Henry's worth a first-round pick. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And it's great because some people, especially like Essen supporters, some of them, I'm sorry to pick on you guys, but it just always seems on Twitter. And it's probably because a few of your supporters are pretty like you. And you know the ones I'm talking about. Uh, that's the shit they post on Twitter. And they, they're worse than the Doro. Or maybe it's just because the Doro's mentality, they, they think it's, you know, uh, it comes through with some of their trade trade ideas. 
The other one, which is a good question I've seen from people is, the bows should be St Kilda, Essendon, Hawthorne, potentially Adelaide. The three clubs that seem to be one, two, three for him are Geelong, Brisbane, Richmond. Um, Geelong obviously seem a bit further down the track. The Lions threw their hat in, and I believe he met with Richmond. Uh, Richmond met with his manager either yesterday or the day before. And everyone's like, well, you know, can we start getting audits on everyone's salary cap? But the thing is, like, you know, the good clubs, they manage their list so well. You know, they push money back. They get people to pay for less to get people in. Um, and they'll, they'll be able to facilitate this. The issue then becomes, if you say, hypothetically, I think they'll talk about like Essendon might have three mil in the cap, I think they were saying, leading into this trade period. you got St Kilda who are about, well, they've lost Hannah's on, what, what was he on, like eight, 900K. They've, heard about, they've Potent- lost about six people. Potentially Brad, Brad Hill, who's going to be on a lot of money. Paddy I don't know Ryder, how they get rid of, of Brad money. Hill. Um, Hunter Clark, decent money. So all of a sudden they're looking at maybe, you know, $3 million as well. And then their fans see, oh, we're not going to go after Bose, even though that would get us a pick seven. And we've got all this money to spend anyway. And the question then has to ask, it's like, well, what do the struggling clubs do to attract players when the three, like, you know, Brisbane, Richmond and Geelong have been as successful as anybody. And you wouldn't be surprised if Sydney could find a way to buddy get involved with that. How do you compete with these successful clubs who, just manage their cap so well that they'll come out and get bows and probably turn him into a superstar as you know, he was a high pick and then and get then pick seven get and get like Jai Clark and then be like, sweet. Thank you very much. Exactly. So, you know, I, I do feel for some of these lower um, team supporters are going, well, what the hell can we do? And then like people also ask about like the Suns, how have they managed their cap this badly? But you know, there's some been good, points be made uh, i know through trade radio and, and some of the other stations down here where if you get a top 10 player you get the first contracts 100 grand plus the playing you know how many games they play and a lot of those high players um high rank players do play a lot early so they come out for their first proper contract and where you might get a guy who's a pick 50 and his second contract might be 200,000 maybe 250 these guys are already commanding $400,000 minimum because they're a top 10 pick. doesn't matter if they haven't put the runs on the board. They're a top 10 pick. They're worth $400,000 now. And then you throw in the fact that, you know, we got to try to keep them from going back home. Um, so you start to pay overs there. So then now it becomes $500,000. And it just, and if you're in this situation where you say we're like in, you know, an Essendon for example right now, and you've got $3 million to spend and you have to use your cap, all of a sudden you go, okay, well, we've got to use it on someone. Let's start overpaying our players or front-ending players, which then everybody else goes, well, I want a, you know, a piece of that. So you go to that situation, the Suns early on, they had all this high talent. All of them get their first contract. Well, we've got to pay someone. So instead of paying them the four, let's pay them six, $700. And then the next bunch come out of you know, their first contract. Well, they got 700 Why aren't we getting 700 Or oh, I'm going to walk. So they get 700 and it just goes on and on from there. And that's I think when, that's where Rankin came in because they said to Rankin, we can't afford to pay you anymore. Yeah, that's when right. When you have a look at their key their key figures, it's like, okay, well, Anderson, Raul, these are two big players that you, you're you going to need money yep. to free up for him. And Ben King, hmm. right, who wants to stay. So you're kind of looking at going, so what are the key pillars? And then prioritizing those key pillars. And Rankin, like, yes, we like you. There's already this appeal. We'll give you 650 And Adelaide's like, oh, we'll give you 800 now, the whole Bose situation is apparently it's $1.6 million on a back-ended contract over three years. So the, the some years. clubs, 
Was it two, two years? Two clubs are wanting to try to expand to three. Oh. It's two years. One point six five million. Oh fuck! Yeah, that's and a this, lot. But this is the problem because no you're pushing money back. And this is where like people are like, well, how do like Geelong and Richmond and Brisbane manage the salary cap? Well, oh. Geelong for a long time, the captain's the highest paid player, so Selwood might have been on eight hundred thousand. So they bring Jeremy Cameron and go, okay, you can have the life, live close to the home, have some freedom, whatever. We're going to pay you eight hundred thousand. Well, Gold Coast are paying Jack Bowes the exact same amount of money. Uh, so the and then what the difference is, it's like we've seen Geelong, you know, they've got Stewart and Atkins and some of these players from local footy and brought them through the system. You know, Richmond had guys like Marlon Pickett who would have been on basement. You know, your, your Camden McIntoshes, Nathan Broads, players like that. Uh, so you've got guys who are winning premierships who fill the role because they're not the superstars. They play their role and they're on, you know, $200,000, $250,000. So you can afford to then go buy in players or, you know, pay them. But if you've got all top talent like the Giants and um, and Gold Coast have, well, you've, you don't actually have any of these sort of players in. And, and it's, it's shown now that they've gone the, you know, the Brandon Ellis and the Chol types. They've actually been, um, you know, good players for the, the Suns. They're playing above their themselves. But if you're going to spend four or 500000 anyway, you would rather a player like that who you know what you're going to get every week. Then, yes, we might have a top 10 pick who might come along, but we're already paying them. And then what happens when, say, Jack Bowes in that in these two years, they, they keep him and he comes out and dominates every game. Well, he goes back to them and says, well, I'm already on 800000 when I wasn't doing anything. Now I'm a superstar. Well, I'm now worth $1.2, $1.3 um, million. And that's what GWS had to pay to keep, you know, Kelly or then all Canelia. Well, that's a see you later. Thank you very much for that pick seven and Jai Clark, who's paying, we're paying him $400,000 a year. That's right. Uh, that's why I think Geelong would be interesting. Now, if Selwood does retire, which I think you can't really finish on a high note, he was kind of on the outer a little bit. He still dominated in finals, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did hang up his, his boots. Um, that frees up a little bit of money. You got Higgins as well. He's gone. So I know they have they have quite a lot Luke of depth. Yeah, Parfit Manning think was another one. Yeah, oh, another one. So there's more money again. But you got like Managoli, got quite a few of these fringe players. Henry um, getting in uh, Braun as well from GWS now. Yeah, there was talks about like um, Geelong's first round pick, 18, whatever it is. By the time the father sons come in, it might be more like pick 21. 21 for Henry. I could kind of, yeah, I still think it's probably less than that. But, you know, they don't really have much in between. So I could probably see maybe that works. So, if, you, if there is room for a Bows, then at least you could say, hey, well, you know, Jai Clark probably goes around that seven mark anyway. And he was kind of sliding between that six to 10. I think he's very consistent, Geelong boy. Mm-hmm. Um, not that X factor that some of these other ones are kind of looking at. They're looking at some of this X factor, but super consistent. Yep. So I could see the appeal on someone like Geelong going, okay, well, let's take that pick seven. We'll take Bows. We'll put him into our team and, and um, you know, maybe get him to go through defense or midfield or whatever. Look what they've done with Atkins or all these other people. You get Henry for a little bit of development when you know, Hawkins leaves and all of a sudden Jeremy Cameron is their main guy and then Henry can play next to him. You've got Braun as well coming in that forward and midfield to kind of give them a little bit of uh, something different outside of your older guys like your Menangolas, et cetera, that are probably on the sort of on the getting to the way out. Um, and it's a way to kind of keep refreshing. And I think they look at teams like that, look at pick seven, like, hey, we can get a Jai Clark, a guy that can help rebuild our side just by fitting in a bit of cash. Mm. And I think that's a, it's, a, it's a good appeal. And I could see, I don't know if he'd want to go there. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be where he wants to go. 
over which team can fit him or whether he kind of gives them a, hey, like here's my three, two, one on the teams that I prefer to kind of go to and then you can make it manage uh, however it fits you or fits them. Imagine being him as the player, pretty much being shipped off as, hey, mate, by the way, you know how we signed that lucrative deal? If you want to cash that in, we're going to have to kind of move you on. Yeah. And he's like, well, yeah, I want my $800,000 a year. I've been playing for peanuts for a few years and waiting for the back end of this contract. So it's a a weird position. Do it because he had the opposite, which was uh, who went to Port Adelaide? Was it Fantasia? I think it was him who may have been, uh, don't quote me right or wrong here, but it might have been 1.6 million over four, hypothetically for Essendon. Could have been more or less, whatever. But he had a heavily front ended contract. So he got paid 75% of that the first two years. And then all of a sudden, after two years, you're like, well, I'm not getting paid 100000 in the next two years. Well, let's go sh- get my manager to shop myself around because then if another club might come and offer me big money here and instead of paying for 100000 for the next two years, I can go off and pay play for three, 400000 See, how does that work? Because surely there'd have to be something back from the well, That's what the I, other I club. always thought, but apparently there isn't. Like, uh, And I really would – this is – I would like to hear the list managers – they interview talk a bit more about this because that was the whole discussion at the time. And, and there was some rumors about that could have been the case with Josh Dunkley when he wanted out two years ago, because nobody can really put on the, their finger at the time why he wanted out. Now uh, that could be right and wrong. I don't, and you know, don't hold me to that, but you don't, but you do hear some players all of a sudden it's kind of weird when you hear them, they want to come out, but I do know, I think it was Matt Fantasia could have made Monfries. I know it was one of the some players that went to port was heavily front. Um, ended and one after they got their payment of two of those four years yeah they were shopping themselves around um, see that's so, messed up so yeah, what should but, happen is, is that when they on, go there yeah well apparently then it's on the club because the club's like well people are like well you should have not front-ended it so then clubs want to back-end it but then they get themselves in this situation where oh, well, we've got to pay but that's kind of what they prefer because it makes the player then stick around because well, I guess they have to stick around or, but Bose, then you're giving up draft picks. Well, if Bose was a superstar, hypothetically, he came on and was a superstar. Well, he's not going anywhere if he was on the 850. Like no other club, if the Sun's not offering that pick, they're probably not going after him when they find out, oh crap, we're going to have to pay him 850 a year. True. So that's true. why some clubs do like backending it. It holds them and it gives them, like, even the Sun's trying to offload him. Yes, they could offload a pick. But Gold Coast still have all the power here. Um, where if yeah, if he was a superstar, well, he couldn't go anywhere. It's interesting. What should happen is if you have a front-loaded deal and you bugger off, then that club will say, "Okay, cool, here's your contract." But then some of that money is going back yeah, to your I old think club. So. 100%. And so it needs to balance out because it's like, well, that, you know, if you're getting paid three hundred thousand dollars now for the next two years, but you got paid $600,000 for the first two years, mm-hmm. then basically, you know, we'll give you 600000 now, but some of that money's going back to your other club. You don't get the full piece. You yeah. don't get all of that cake. I mean, that to me, that just seems like a, a, Jake, a Jake Stringer thing to do. I don't yeah. know. Well, <laughs> is that is that too harsh on Jake Stringer? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I've always thought like, and I've heard it like a bit like the American system where teams just buy your contract and this is the contract you sign. So if you go to your new team, it's not, oh, we're going to renegotiate the contract. It's, this is the, that's your contract. Um, yeah, the, the whole thing of should players be allowed to be traded, I've always said I've got no issues players can nominate states, and they, but there needs to be some flexibility for the clubs. Like at the moment, the players have all the power. 
Like they, they all, every player comes out and goes, this is the club I want to go to where it should just be, okay, you're in contract. You want to leave, tell us what state you want to go and we'll trade you to whoever we want. But what if they're in Victoria? <laughs> I want well, to go to Victoria. They please. have more, but at least every state yeah. has two you know, teams to, you know, deal with that. Yeah, that makes sense. So That makes sense. That's why I quite like what Jackson did, although Jackson was um, out, I think, having a drink or whatever he was doing out in the nightlife with uh, Darcy. And people were like, oh, well, apparently Darcy and Jackson didn't get along. It's like, well, they're out together yeah. at night. So go figure. Um, and, that and that's just, just more, fire. and West Coast, I understand their situation too. Like, they don't want to give up their pick too. They're in a rebuild. It doesn't make as much sense for them going for well, Jackson. Especially when the top three to four, probably the top four picks, I think are absolutely solid yeah. this year. And West so, Coast you know, need Ash, young midfielders. Ashcroft, you've got... Um, Warlord. Warlord, yeah. I think he'll be more like third or fourth. To, I don't know how you say his name. T-S-A. Tispus. Yeah, that guy. Um, and then the, the X Factor. The, um, Harry the, Schnitzel. The Schnitzel yes, man. he's um, pretty much kind of like a... Robbie, Chad Winger. Uh, what do you got? Uh, no, I'd say better than Chad Winger. Yeah, kind of like well, a Rose, like a Rose, the, the kind of uh, Rose, like a Z, but he was he was more linked, I think, to Maybe like a Robbie Stringer? Gray kind of Ro- Robbie Gray kind of type, like, like Robbie Gray type. Stringer, nah. Oh, Stringer to all his credit, he's, he, he does. Man, he's still in his prime. He's a good player. He's, he's still a Premiership player. You can't he take still that is, away from too. him. I actually watched the 2016 Premiership yeah. today. But that half forward X factor. That you know can bob up, kick goals, run through the midfield. Yeah. Yeah. Now I will be avoiding starting Schneezel. Yeah, I would. Schneezel, Schneezel, Schneezel. But um, reason is I think when he gets drafted, he'll be playing forward only. Uh, the only exception to that, I think, the only two that really kind of fired in that forward, half forward kind of role, Rosie and Bailey Smith. I think were the only ones that kind of really fired in their first year. Generally speaking. Not as likely. Uh, I think Anderson did pretty well in his first year. Raul obviously did well before he fell off a cliff. Um, generally, that sort of midfield role. So I think the the big one, uh, Ashcroft, I think will be pretty much in a lot of people's sides. Um, not only, I think it's hard to put a lot of pressure on him because of people like now comparing him to Dacos as far as the impact he could have. But I hear he's very methodical, writes down a whole bunch of stuff, prepares like an absolute professional Maybe to go get some um, tips off Ashcroft, to be honest, because it sounds like he, you know, he no. actually writes, he writes things down, yeah, he prepares, really, yeah, really, correct, yeah. really methodical on, on how he does things, on how he prepares and how he presents, and that kind of just comes out in his consistency. So uh, I think he'll be a heavily picked player. The whole Dunkley thing is interesting for me. Um, he was one that actually came out saying, well, if, you know, basically, if Fagan's there or not there, it doesn't matter. Like, I want to play for Brisbane. Hmm. And I do agree with you in that it should be probably maybe not like select the club specifically because the issue is is that, for instance, you know, like Henry to Geelong or someone like that, they have pick 18 and then the next one's pick 36. So there's a, a huge gap. So if someone's kind of mid-range, it just creates this big issue on, well, do I give you pick 18 and get something back or mm-hmm. do I give you this? So, there's, you know, and it's hard to kind of get true value when you're kind of only getting one pick out of every 18. That's the difficult position. Whereas when you have a look at, say, West Coast and Fremantle, well, Fremantle's kind of made finals, West Coast is down there, so it's kind of in between, you know, the two. So how do you get there? And it does provide you more options. It provides them a bit of time to kind of compete 
And uh, like any auction, you know, if you're going to have two people bidding, the price is always more than if it's just you with a paddle because, you know, newsflash, you put up your paddle and you win. So um, I do agree with you there. And I think it it is probably some scope. The players at this point in time are saying, send me there. And, you know, they want to pay me big money. So, you know, get the big money. So um, Dunkley, I think, is a huge super coach relevant person because he's going there to play midfield, right? Lions, Lions is on the way out. but He's still got two more years, Swiss. Mm. He's in the 2024. So uh, maybe he just had a bad year with injuries, but he was a, an inside contested player. And Dunkley is him, but better. Yeah, well, in my, my opinion. The, the inside contested players are all the ones that ship. I was going to run you through some names, and you can either talk to me about what club you think that they'll get to, or even their super coach relevancy. Oh, uh, but the first one's Matt Crouch. Yeah, I know they want him to stay, but how? It's like beating a dead horse and then saying, "Hey, by the way, can you please do another lap?" Like, yeah. you know, mate, you you haven't played me. You don't value my strengths, and or maybe he hasn't worked on his weaknesses, right? But it's like each player has their strengths. Geelong this year worked, okay, what's our game plan based on our strengths? We're going to work at what we're good at and say this is how we're going to play football, right? Now, Matt Crouch. I could highly see him leaving. I'm not sure where to. That's the issue. Now he's is he younger than he'd be younger than Titch? Yes. It'll be around the same mark, I think. Maybe Age younger. Wise? You'd have to be younger, surely. Mm, that's an interesting one. So I mean what what a what a Hawthorne gonna do? Or maybe they don't need people that can't defend. Well, I don't know. Hawthorne, yes, um, but I think Hawthorne have already gone well. They've got, you know, Newcomb Ward, they keep him Warpole. Um so yes, yeah, that's interesting. And getting rid of Titch, maybe because he has commodity, but well, they're the, fe- they're the, fetching him for not the age much. Difference. What's Warp at twenty two? And they're, but they T Mitchell's Titch, 28, Titch is not getting. Yeah, but he's not getting much. They're not going to get much back for him. No, no, but which is the issue? Think, if you if you fetched him years ago, hmm. worth an absolute fortune. Yeah. And then what well, they do is they play him out of position. Yeah. Play him like forward half no the currency. time, and then go, hey, by the way. Uh, give us a second or a th- or third round pick, maybe, because they're not going to get much for him. Yeah, this guy that won at Brownlow like four years ago. I um, know. I think Titch will go to Collingwood. I'm not sure about Crouch. I think if Adelaide are into ba- into Bows, I think Crouch has to go. I'm not sure where he would play though. Yeah. Uh, that's the big issue. You know, North Melbourne could use a midfielder, but they're racking up a few at the moment. Um, yeah, it might be them. Like I've heard the idea of St Kilda, but that's the last play they need. Um, it is the last one, well, the Crouch brothers, I guess, but Hanabry out. Uh, they could use a couple of more injury-prone players right. with Hanabry out. Um, Brody Grundy, mate. I think he should stay at Pice. I don't understand him going to Melbourne because I think Gorn still has a couple of years left in him anyway. You know, he's still doing really well, and I know he's saying, oh, well, well, if, if Grundy goes to Melbourne, then Gorn is shot, absolutely shot kaput. Gorn can play other positions. Grundy cannot. That's the pure facts. So I'd be tempted at Grundy at a low price, but then again, you still know he's going to be sharing the ruck load. Um, I'm not sure I like it. Whether no, it gives them some I, security. I, I don't like neither unless one went down with injury. And the, but, only, and the everybody's talking about Gorn's got to work on his forward craft because they need a forward. I've actually been looking at this a different way. Why couldn't Gorn start on the the tip of the wing? the defensive side tip of the center square and just drop back as seventh man and just intercept Mark. Cause that's what he does. Well, 
He yeah, sends, but they've also got he, Lever and May. He plays kick behind the play and just does intercept marking. He, he's, his forward craft's all right, but for him to become their key forward, I don't see it. Where I could see him, like him and May operate so well in that defense when he's doing that. And he was doing that this year anyway. Jackson would go forward more and Gorn would just drop back, kick behind the play, take an intercept mark. Like that game was against Sydney. We had nearly 200 super coaches intercept marked all day. Like that's the that's where I see how Gorn playing. But I can't, just the setup. And, and Grundy can't play forward. Like, but how many years has Grundy got left? Is it five? Uh, maybe six. I thought it was a seven year with yeah. two maybe down. Yeah, maybe it's five years. Maybe five. Well, the issue is is that maybe because they've got you know Oliver and they've got Brayshaw um, and these yeah these guys coming through that maybe they go okay well Gorn's only got maybe a couple of years in and we want to kind of secure up that extra few years. Gorn can be a role player as a captain, come in play a little bit off the bench like Steph Martin has done that pretty well. Then go play ruck, then go forward and then come off and do like a little three way triangle rotation. Um, I don't mind it. Yeah, I was wondering where the money's coming from. I guess Collingwood's paying for a part of that, but it probably does help secure them to be a premiership chance outside of Gorn's influence within a couple of years. And then if one of them gets injured, then bang, they are still absolutely a dominating force. If you're, so, in, a, if you're in a keeper league, you might have to pick Grundy off a bit cheaper at the moment. Mm, and, and he'll probably dominate in a couple of years probably will sure. dom- Yeah. No, so he might not be a bad one because a few people going, oh my God, Gorn, Grundy. Yeah, I'm not liking that combination. Uh, well, even Jackson, Jackson Darcy, although yeah, Jackson Darcy, Jackson... I don't, the Jackson Darcy one, unless Jackson's gone over there to either be a, a roaming midfielder or playing key position, um, it makes no sense at all. R- rumor is he might even be playing half back. Yeah, I've heard that. Like center, center half back. So that's and then Ruck. So that's going to be yeah. interesting. Well, mind you, I guess against another key forward, he's probably got a, a nice aerial presence. He's probably quite quick and he's good at, at his feet. So it's probably not a bad spot to go. Instead of being forced forward, you know, at least if you have some accountability to you, then it's probably not the worst place in the world to be. Um, and then that obviously forces Meek out. So there's going to be a little bit of a, a roundabout. Well, um, forcing half a Fremantle out because the fit you mean salary cap wise. Yeah, I think some are leaving already. It looks bad though. It does. Lowe, it, it does. Acres, Liam Henry, Lloyd uh, Meek. I'm, I'm sure I forgot someone there. But you're talking um, about, but they've all like Darcy Tucker's had his injuries, fringe, but that was Blake, well, that was their depth. Their Blake whole depth Akers is had gone. his best career year this year, playing on the wing. Um, mm. Like Logue, Logue probably needs more opportunity, but that is their depth there. Meek is their depth in the ruckman. Henry's, you know, their academy player that was top ten pick. So you'd want a lot of faith in there in Erasmus Amos. Um, a couple of those other young fellows coming through. They're going to need money as well for Sarong and well, again for Brayshaw right. as well. Yeah. And Young, and Young Darcy, Chapman, these Darcy. guys are an absolutely, yeah. Oh, they're going to need money. Yep. And oh, that's Lob. for sure. So, oh, Lob. Lob's the, he's the interesting one. Yeah. So even the manager saying, oh, we're hoping that, you know, they'll change their mind because Fremantle came out being like, well, no, he's contracted, he's staying. Like, no, we've seen our butts. Not like, we're, hey, we're going to entertain it. Um. I think they're kind of like wishful thinking and they're kind of like, well, no, we kind of need makes sense. Sign a contract, you stay. And and the thing we I spoke to Chris today talking about the whole um the whole, you know, bow situation. He's like, Well, that's fine. Oh no, so to go, he's like, Well, sign it. He goes, contracts are made made, you know, they're not even worth anything that they're signed on anymore. I said, mm-hmm. Yes, but if it is worth something, 
because if if the club wants to, you to kind of go, then you can kind of, you can still get that money somewhere else. They still have to sign you somewhere else yep. on the same money, right? So you still guaranteed that paycheck. It does give you some security. It just might not be at that club specifically. Um, whereas if you sign something that says, "Hey, they can terminate you for any reason," then they can terminate you for any reason, and and it's really poor in that. So I think signing a contract does secure you a paycheck. It just doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be at that club. So I think that has opened up a little bit. Hey, they contracted wonderful. You really want that player. They want to go home, but they contracted. You're going to have to pay me more. Yep. But knowing like lob, it's like, well, mate, you're contracted. So you can whinge, bitch or moan two years running. But unfortunately you came over here. Remember we picked mm-hmm. you up. You came from GWS. We picked you up and nurtured you and we took you on and we gave up a lot of money for you. And we're paying you a lot. Of, sorry. We picked, gave away a lot, you know, some picks and gave you a lot of money. We expect you to play mm. and especially seeing we're in that finals window, we need a miss to kind of have 12 months to kind of you know, nurture and flourish and Taberner's had some issues that we want to make sure he's through completely before we ship you off. Mm. So, you know, a pick probably just doesn't cut it for a lob, to be honest. What are you going to do? Get another young person? It's like, well, no, we kind of need you for 12 months to make sure, you know, Fife's fine. Everyone's fine. Taberner will make sure he's good. A miss gets, you know, 12 months in. Um, and then he can sort of start to take the roles from you. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Maybe they're waiting for Jackson to come in. And once they land that, so it's like, well, Jackson said, hey, I'll go to any Western, Western Australian club. So maybe they're like, well, no, Lob, you're not leaving, and you know, definitively. And then if they happen to go and get Jackson, it's like, okay, well, now we've got Jackson to do some of the ruck work. I maybe. think Jackson actually just said that. So he's copying no heat because every player goes, oh, I want to go to this club. And it looks like, oh, well, I'm actually genuinely homesick. I just want to get home. But everybody knows he's going to Fremantle. It just, I, reckon I think it just makes him look like he's playing, you know, the good boy out of all this. I reckon they're just on it for schnitz and giggles. Maybe maybe too. Gil maybe Gil from the AFL said, hey, you know what be funny? Just tell them that you want to go to Western Australia and make 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 the Eagles think that they have a chance. Yeah, and West and just like, use, yeah, just use yeah. up some man hours and they'll be like, oh, we're in for a chance. It's like, nah, mate, you suck. Yeah. Um, the Tigers, mate, with uh, Taranto and uh, Hopper, especially Taranto. I don't know how they're going to get it done, but I do think GWS are high as a fucking kite, mate. To think that they're both worth two first-round picks each is absolutely ridiculous. But here's the funny part. You have a look at the history of double first-round picks coming out of GWS. How many times have they actually worked out? Mm-hmm. Right, Shield was he was at least a couple of first round picks, not that great. Um, just Cameron, okay, but not that great. Jeremy Cameron was three first round picks, just won a, a you know um, bloody premiership, so that one's kind of paid out. But again, it were three later picks; it wasn't like high mm. high end picks. Uh, Devin Smith wasn't he like at least a couple of he first was rounds? At least maybe one. I think he might have been a couple. Oh, sorry, Trelaw was definitely in some of that mix. Adams is also gone. I don't know if he was two, but they. Yeah, I guess I keep cherry picking some of this talent. Steel was a um, but they can't. He was about pick twenty five, I think they. Absolute steal. Um, <laughs> but here's the other issue with GWS is they can't keep affording to pay all their stars yep. as it lies anyway. So they're already feeling the pinch with salary cap because they're starting to play and pay your Canelios, your Kellys, your Whitfields, your Greens, right? So they 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 have to move. 
they can't keep paying these people. So it's like, okay, well, where does it lie? Because you want to first, but you can also can't afford this person. Mm -hmm. So where's that common ground? And I think it'll get done. Yep. Like always, these clubs kind of say, oh, I want this, I want that. And it's like, well, no, you say this because it's kind of like you're selling raffle tickets, my opinion. Hey, yeah, instead of saying, hey, would you like to buy a raffle ticket? Yeah, I'll take one. Thanks, boy. It's like, oh, hi, um, you know, um, you know, hey, would you like five raffle tickets? Or hey, do you want you want ten raffle tickets? And they go, oh uh, no, just just give me five. Mm -hmm. Or you want five raffle tickets? Oh uh, no, just give me three. Whereas if you say, how would you like to buy a raffle ticket? They'll just give you one. Yeah. You don't ask for them. You overinflate. You say, mm -hmm. hey, hey, you want five raffle tickets? Hey, do you want to buy five raffle tickets? And they're like, oh no, just give me three because they want to downplay it. They go, oh shit, you're here. And that's why, unfortunately, Donald Trump's been so successful because he kind of forces you to meet him more on his terms than where you want to sit. He goes so outrageous knowing that when you come back, it's still more on his side of 50%. Um, and I think that's kind of what a lot of these teams do, Swizz. Yeah, and they know that they'll just make you know, the other team sweat and up to the last moment. Where realistically, in a perfect world from our, us and some of the other clubs, they want the, you know, the transaction done straight away so they can move on to other transactions. But for GWS, they don't have the cap to go out and get other players. So for them, they don't want other teams making transactions because they don't want their other teams to improve. So they, they'd be happy to drag this. They'd be happy to get Tanner Bruin down straight away and then drag Taranto and Hopper for the whole rest of it because there's then no chance for Richmond to come back and try to do something else. And then that might hold up other trades and any opportunity, because we saw that last year, you know, there was, and we've seen trades not get done because the, um, what was the one with Carlton and was it Sydney? Was it the Danaher one that year? Um, and I know Dunkley was in play for play for that where, you know, it was the flow on effect. They needed one trade done. So the next club, so the next club and some of these clubs are like, well, this doesn't actually help us by getting this trade done. It's just going to help everyone else. So let's drag this out to the last hour. We'll get, make sure then we've got the deal that we need to done. And then trade period's yep. over and you guys can sit on it for 12 months. And in the last hour, you find out where the desperate people lie. It's kind of like 3 a.m. and 3 a.m. in the club. Yep. You find out where all the des <laughs> desperate people are at. No, if you're really keen on something, you will see Desperado, right? The the the, the needy, the greedy, the sleazy, fishy, just 3 a.m. in the club going, um, I'm empty handed. I've thrown out all my best tricks. I've done the dice move. I've done. I've done this, that, and the other. I've used my best pickup lines, and oh, this is what's left. And then you see, see what's desperate. So an hour to go. They go. I really want this player, so they just give up more. Yeah. And that's it. It's kind of like was it the stair dance? You kind of like who's going to blink first? Hey, you blinked. Give yeah. me pick seven. And there'll be um, a bit, as you said, common ground there because for the Giants, they have to move one of these players for cap reasons. I'm worried. So. I'm worried about the Giants because all these people are leaving. Which makes sense, but they're kind of they're going to get a whole bunch of picks, and then what redevelop them? I guess they're kind of at that point where maybe they at need some more of these picks. With them, they've made prelims, they made a grand final, so you can understand. Oh, don't flatter them, Swizz. Well, you beat I know, them but the, yeah, we got we flogged them in the grand. But they have made two prelims, they and another grand final, so they kind of you, you go okay, maybe you've hit that rebuild period again. At least they've Swizz. taken the list somewhere. 
Swiss. St Kilda hit a grand final two years running and they have nothing to show for it. <laughs> Getting to the big they dance do. doesn't mean 22, shit. 22 former St Kilda players that are now premiers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, Brisbane Brisbane Lions just had a, a premiership reunion 20 years. How yeah. does that feel, Collingwood? Uh, anyone? <laughs> have you had your 20-year reunion? No, not yet. You're still waiting a little while. Um, <laughs> and like, oh, well, we had one in 1950, so we've had a reunion since then. <laughs> um, well, yeah, suck it. <laughs> That's my comeback when Essen supporters sit there and say to me, oh, yeah, but we've won 16 flags, like the most in the league. I'm like, when you've got to go back to the 1800s to prove your point. Yeah, there's a lot of things in the 1800s that weren't legal. So <laughs> um, go figure. Now, the last whiskey I had, because I didn't really oh. shout it out, it's a sticky toffee apple. So I gave that a shout out. So I had this one. It's a small batch from Starwood. I've been infatuated with Starwood lately. You are, mate. You're infatuated with this bloody whiskey. Well, with Starwood, no. So I had none, right? I had, I think I then got um, part of the Whiskey Club Australia. I should probably put my code out there in case anyone's interested. But each month you can opt in or opt out. So you don't have to pay. But I keep opting in because I love whiskey. And they keep producing good stuff. So they had this really good one, very jammy, car strength. So I was just like, bang, I bought two bottles. So glad I did. It's an expensive drop. Uh, And then I've started, I've now got a whole third of the rack of the shelf with Starwood. So I've just gone through and, yeah, they won Distillery of the Year. So I've just gone bang, 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 bang. So that's a small batch a mate brought back there in Victoria. So let me know if you have been in there as well. Uh, Brooke Laddie is the Island Barley. So that's what the next one that I'm on. This is absolutely sensational. Smoky, not peaty. I'm working my way up, Swiss. Now, it's kind of like you don't drink beer or have was, chicken. So I can't really relate to you I was actually, on this topic. I was on, I was on the uh, ginger beers there on grand final day just to look like I was a beer drinker. Alcoholic ginger it's like, beers. It's like that but, Canadian club. Yeah. It's, a, it's like that Canadian club ad, mate, where they kind of um, they pretend like they're having things. Um, yeah, so very, 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 very interesting. Um, you lost me with all of your bloody chicken talk, mate. Um <laughs> You're the one bringing up chicken, mate. Yeah, you're talking about ginger beer, and I start thinking about ginger beer. You know, I just got completely sidetracked. I don't even know where we're at. Um, no, that's it. Yeah, so I think, that, I really think that's most it. of the trade. Like, uh, there's obviously a lot of fringe pies outside of that, but yeah, those big ones that we want to see done early, which won't happen. But yeah, your Dunkleys, your Mitchells, your Tarantos, and there's always some left field one that'll still come from nowhere. We know it. We just don't know what yet. There'll be some big move. I reckon Robertson might even make way at the Lions, unfortunately. Not not Robinson. Oh, Robinson, might, maybe he does want to play on. I Robertson, did hear Robertson the, the good, play on. he was the, the first round pick. Yes. Speaking of first round picks, can we have a, a little um, a salute or a, a bow your head for Eli Smith and for who's that Carlton, Carlton guy? Paddy Dow. Got delisted. Or Liam no, no, Stocker? Matt Dow's going to get traded. Liam, Liam Stocker. Stocker. So two, Will both Setterfield, of those players. Will Setterfield's also been told to wait till after oh, the trade but, period. But both of these two players were trade. They we traded up, I believe, to get to Eli Smith, and they traded up, I believe, to yes. get to Liam Stocker. So that's even worse when you're actually trading up to specifically get a person that lets you down. Now, Swiss, I did remember where I was going with this. I said it's kind of like. I'm becoming a man as far as the the whiskey elements. It's kind of like beer, but you can't relate to the beer. So. Your tastes change when you first start a beer, maybe you're having a bit of lemon in it or you go on the lemon twists or the rest of it and then you start to get into your lagers and maybe you, you get into your XPAs and all of your craft beer or maybe you're just like a cut and draft kind of person 
and I really like that bitters. Now with this, I really liked the clean cut whiskeys, right? And now I'm actually starting to actually appreciate. So I used to like clean cut whiskeys or the Shiraz notes, like the Sherry Bombs and all the rest of it. Now I'm really appreciating some of the, you know, the smokiness or the peatiness without it being too full on. Now, have you met Stuart Swizz? My mate uh, Stu, yeah, did I we am. go? Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we met Stu. Uh, so Stu brought over a 25-year-old Talisker that he got as a gift for $400, which is now worth $800. And it is absolutely sensational. So now I've actually been enjoying more of the smokiness and peatiness mm. and kind of appreciating it more. So this is smoky, not peaty. Peaty is in my world, Swiss. I don't know if you've had much peaty flavors, but it's like someone's pissed in your mouth. That real kind of like I don't know if you're <laughs> I into can't that, mate, relate, but, mate. But I'm not a huge fan of the peatiness yet, and it's and no, it's not Pete. It's not a guy named Pete that pissed in my mouth. Um, the peatiness, I'm not quite there yet, so I'm I'm learning, ladies and gentlemen. This has got pineapple feels written all over it. I swear. <laughs> I love it. We're an hour and a half in, and now we got we got the uh, whiskey review going here, mate. This. Oh, we'll have to do one. Um, yeah, okay. I think this wraps us up. An hour and a half, way too long. This the the bullshit show, the BNS, the Ben and Swizz show probably has to be about an hour. Um, but it can get off topic. So thank yeah. you, Swizz. But feel free, um, drop in your questions we'll talk- if you want to talk about trades or anything else that you want us to talk about. Yes, maybe we should do a uh, a bit of a mix as well. I think Jock Reynolds do it does a trade um segment as well each week. So maybe I should hit those boys up because they know they love my puns, the old hmm. Jock Reynolds crew, and um. That might be interesting. But look, next week, Swizz, myself, I reckon we'll try and get back up on there. Let us know. Put some questions out there, all topics. If you have a question, like life questions, like, hey, Swizz, blah, 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 blah. And then we can have a bit of a chat and and integrate it into our wonderfully informal and off-the-cuff segment. Yeah. yeah. Improv. 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 We did not... (laughs) The only thing we actually structured before this was Swizz making sure he says, and I'm Swizz. <laughs> and that was it. That's all you the wanted BNS to do. The BNS show. Hi, I'm it's Ben, like, and I'm, I'm Swizz. Swizz. That was, was that like, was the oh, only thing we actually, that was the only thing we practiced. All of this, an hour and a half of podcasting and streaming, all off the cuff and live. And that's it. Swizz, thank you for joining me, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, that no, sounds good. Cheers. Well, you're you not guys. cheesing. You spilt your bloody drink. <laughs> Bye. Bye.